everybody and welcome to the season finale of Touchdown in the UK, the UK-based NFL Pickster podcast. And what a debut season we have had for you listeners. Our very own Cliff has finished fifth in the world in the Sky Sports NFL Pickums. Nico's all-time boy, Justin Herbert, has won the Rookie of the Year. And in the space of just one season, I feel like I've officially learnt the ropes when it comes to NFL and I think there'll be a seat waiting for me next to Kay Adams on Good Morning Football by the end of next season. You heard it here first, listeners. So then, boys, season finale special today. Um, and we're going to have a little bit of a look ahead to the new season, just a little bit as well. But I think the big matter of the day is the Super Bowl. Did we enjoy the game, lads, first up? Yeah, I thought it was a good game. Really enjoyed it. I thought it was... Um... It went the way that I went on the Super Bowl challenge, which was good. Got me top of that one. I thought I'd cram that one in there just for you guys. So, yeah, it was a good game. Deserved winners. I will say, listeners, after those championship games, I think a lot of people lost interest in our Super Bowl challenge because when I checked our league table, with a grand total of 12 people in there, two people actually decided to put their picks in for the uh, Super Bowl. So, clearly, Cliff and somebody else had been continued their interest long enough. What about you, Nico? Did you enjoy the game? Yeah, it was a good game. I liked the obviously the storyline of it. Um, thought it played out well. And uh, same as Cliff, I, actually, I went with the books. So, got that one right. Yeah, and I've got to say, for my first official Super Bowl, for, I feel like I planned my sleep routine perfectly. For those UK listeners out there, you know what I'm talking about. I was ready, I was awake, I was, all, I was firing for the game. My Super Bowl feast wasn't quite up there this year. Maybe next year when uh, pandemic allowing, Nico not living too far away, we might have a little bit of a party for it. Who knows? But that's one for uh, next year. So let's see how we played out. Let's try and break the, the game down a little bit for us. Um, Nico, I know that you won a few bets on the game, which uh, I'm sure you wouldn't mind sharing with the listeners. And as well, you did mention in last week's pod that you were a little bit worried about that Chiefs offensive line. And my word... Did they need to be worried about that offensive line? Nico, how did you see it play out? The offensive line came up against a strong Bucks defence and that really made the Chiefs' day an absolute nightmare. It was a, the makeshift O-line and we said Mahomes' mobility would be called into action last week and that was apparent from the get-go. I think he'd got 24 rushing yards within within the first eight minutes. The Bucks just constantly felt like they were in, in Mahomes' face. I think they only registered three sacks in the end, but every play it felt like Mahomes was having to get out of the way of whether it was Barrett or Sue or JPP, someone was there and in his face. And they just couldn't build any momentum. They'd got Hill covered. Kelsey did make quite a few plays, especially towards the end. But yeah, in what was the biggest matchup of the year, the Bucks defence and Todd Bowles definitely had the Chiefs offence under control. Absolutely. Do you want to tell us about a few of your uh, your bets, Nico? I've got to say, for someone who hasn't been the most successful better over time, you were cashing in on that Super Bowl. Yeah, well, as I said, I fancied the Bucks, and you uh, you both more fancied the Chiefs. Cliff went for it in in his Super Bowl challenge, but he, he backed the Chiefs to win. Playoff Lenny in Leonard Fournette. I thought that he would come through in the game. I had him Fournette touchdown any time, and the Bucks win. It was a nice four to one, and then some nine to ones Fournette. One or more touchdowns, Brady two plus passing touchdowns, Mahomes 23 rushing yards and Bright three or more receptions. That was a nice nine to one. And then Bucks plus three, Mahomes under 335 passing yards, 
Hill under 92 receiving yards and Barrett one or more sacks was another 91. Pretty impressive, Nico, I've got to say. However, listeners, I will reveal right now that he didn't get the big bet of the game right, did you, Nico? That Gatorade colour, what did you go for? I went for purple, but I don't know what, I never actually saw what colour came out, so I don't know what the answer to that was. It was blue, I believe. But that was even bigger odds? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was blue. One bet that I did win was Tom Brady will score a touchdown in the first quarter, and he did it with, I think, five seconds to spare, something like that, so... Yeah, he's even more of a goal to my books at the mini. And that cliff, um, that broke his duck of not scoring a touchdown in the first quarter in any of the last nine Super Bowls he's played in. I did bring, I did mention this live just pretty much just before the touchdown actually happened. Because um, I think you got three to one odds on that cliff. And I remember saying like, all the stats that Sky was throwing about what Nico's exactly just mentioned there. Um, I did actually say maybe you should have got higher odds on that. But the bookies knew best, didn't they? Three to one was the uh, nice and short odds, and it did come in. So they uh, good bet from you there, Cliffo. If it was one, Cliffo, Cliff. If it was one of many that didn't lose, unfortunately. Now, Cliff, then talk us through how you saw the game play out. Yeah, as Nicole said, um, Mahomes just seemed to be constantly under pressure. I think I saw he ran for 497 yards, I believe it was, before throwing, which is the most the quarterbacks ran um, in a game since 2016. So like that just tells you everything you need to know about the game in terms of protection that he got. And in our little group chat that I, I, I was texting from court the third quarter saying this is game over, we kept saying, yeah, but if the Chiefs score now, they've got a chance. If the Chiefs score on this drive, they've got a chance. But... I just felt like they never really got that chance. I think the, the Bucks defence was just too strong. And I always felt that Brady would just kill the clock if he needed to. Um, so I think they did, like I said, more than deserving of winning the Super Bowl. And it was a shame because I thought it would have been a shootout, but it never ended up that way. But the Bucks did what they needed to do. Yeah, and I did, I did think um, coming towards the end of the first half, I thought some of those penalties and some of those interesting calls, there was a lot of people calling out the officials on Twitter. I thought that might um, come to pay, pay at the end. However, I don't think the Chiefs have got anything to moan about and those calls meant pretty much nothing in the end. I think it was just uh, it was a one-way traffic for pretty much all of the game. So I'd agree with you both there. I think it was a pretty convincing win for the Bucks. Cliff, before we move on. Look to me, penalties. I understand pass interference. If you've got somebody running at you or running past you and you panic and you grab them, fair enough. But to line up offside and and to change from a field goal to a touchdown, that's criminal. I mean, that shouldn't be happening in a Super Bowl. So they've only got themselves to blame, in my opinion, on the penalties. Forget blaming refs. They need to blame themselves on that case. The Chiefs really did only have the selves to blame. And you're giving away that many penalties in a game, you're going to be putting yourself up against a mountain to overcome. And it was no surprise that it was a pretty convincing victory for the Bucks in the end. Um, so we did touch on it right at the end of the pod last week, the halftime show. We talked through some of our dream shows. Cliff talked about some of the dream shows that he'd seen in the past. And Nico mentions what he'd like to see in the future. Um, how did... Did we enjoy the halftime show, fellas? What do we think to the weekend's performance? Cliff, I'll come to you first. I know you've watched it a few times. Yeah, I thought it was good. I did think it was good. At the time, 
I think I was watching it through tired eyes and I was a bit um, disappointed, if I'm honest, at the time. But after further reflection and watching it again a couple of times, I think he did a good show. I thought it was really good. Um, I won. Well, I say I won the bet on what was the first song. I didn't actually go with the bet, but I should have because it would have been one bet I actually got right for the Super Bowl. Moving away from that, I'll let you in on this. Um, we were speaking to each other live. We were obviously separate in our own homes, but talking to each other live um, during the game um, and around about half time, it came out, it, it appeared on Twitter that only two teams had, had been interested in Tom Brady at the start of this season. One of those teams was obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and my word, what a fantastic decision it was to bring in the GOAT. But the other team that were interested were Nico's beloved Chargers. Now we posted this into our chat and straight away, Nico was on it. He was absolutely like a dog on heat. And he said, no way would I have had Brady over my boy, Justin Herbert. Not a chance. I will pick my seven and nine season and rookie of the year, Justin Herbert, any day over Tom Brady and the Super Bowl. And he's still sticking with that, listeners. He's gathered the Bolt fam on Twitter behind him just to prove me and Cliff wrong. But Nico, here's your chance now. Talk us through why you picked Justin Herbert over Tom Brady any day of the week. I mean, you've kind of ex exaggerated what we actually said and what was actually said. I said last season, I said in the off-season when Brady had the option to come, I didn't particularly want him because the O-line that we've got, I didn't think it was going to be good enough to protect him. And I mean, it showed that with Herbert this year. He scrambled as much as Mahomes did in that Super Bowl. He's had like four games like that where he's had to scramble around and make plays on his own because he's not protected. So bringing Brady to the team would have made no impact. Not no impact, but we wouldn't be in a Super Bowl with Brady in the team. And I think that's that's the realistic realistic view of it. I was about to jump on you, Net, then, and just say, bringing the greatest of all time, seven Super Bowl winner, more Super Bowls than any other team um, on his own, wouldn't have uh, impacted the team. But there you go. Cliff, anything you want to add on the record for the listeners? I think he's. Um, I think there's bias in the decision. I understand that when we've asked Jeff Reinbold his opinion on Twitter, he has stuck up for Nico. I can't deny him. But we're looking in terms of the future and stuff like that. But come on, Brady's available. You take Brady. That's end off, end of discussion. And I'll line and everything. I've tried to talk to Nico about this. You would have drafted different. You would have taken Worths in the draft instead. So, like, for me, you take Brady. I think Cliff's, uh, Cliff would have been a bit more passionate about this if his boy Jeff Reinbold had shot him down on Twitter earlier. Um, 100%. 100%. <laughs> well, we've got to say a big shout out to Jeff. Appreciate that. Clearly a fan of the pod. So, thank you very much. Um, Right, moving on then, and what a chance Nico gets again in a moment to talk about Justin Bleeding Herbert. Um, right, we've got the end of season awards. So, fellas, I want you to just talk me, we're going to go through some of the main awards, um, and I want you to just talk me through these players, whether you think they were deserving of them, um, and a little bit how you felt about their season last year. They clearly had great seasons because they wouldn't have got these honours. So first up then, the big one, Cliff, I'm coming to you first, uh, Aaron Rodgers, MVP. Now we know it didn't quite work out 
how the Packers and Rodgers would have liked at the end of the season. But without doubt, his statistics um, and that his performance across the season, there was very little argument for it, against it, sorry, um, Rodgers MVP. What do you think to that, Cliff? Yeah, as you say, no surprise, really. I think we all knew going into the awards that Rodgers was going to win the MVP. Um, I think he deserved it. Shame about his um, playoff run. So I actually thought they had a, a very good chance of making the Super Bowl, if not winning the whole thing this year, to be honest. But based on the, the season, I think he deserved the NFC champions. And I think me personally, the only other one that I would have liked to have seen win it was Josh Allen. thought he had a fantastic year um, and won the division. So I think Josh Allen would have been a deserved winner in my eyes, but no surprise that Rogers won it. Yeah, I think there was a there was an outside bet for Josh Allen, and obviously Chiefs fans were uh, hoping that Mahomes would get it, but particularly on his Super Bowl performance, I know he didn't really get much help from his O line, but I think it was a, a deserving winner there for Rogers. Right, Nico, over to you then. First, we've got Offensive Player of the Year, and um, went to Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans. How do you feel about that one? Yeah, I think I think that was one that was a, a fair award. He, um, he was the eighth player to get over 2,000 rushing yards in a, in a regular season. And it's a bit harsh that he probably wasn't involved in the MVP discussion as much as some other people were. But I guess that that's more normally a quarterback-focused award we, we tend to find. Um, but yeah, I think he was a, a deserving winner. Fair enough. Um, Cliff, uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, obviously, Rams had the best um, defence season um, and it went to Aaron Donald unsurprisingly. Three defensive player of the years in the last four seasons for Aaron Donald. Cliff, thoughts on that one? Yeah, again, no surprise for the two that I've spoken about so far. Um, Donald's a machine, he's a beast. Would you want him running at you? Um, I'd be throwing the ball away quicker than you could say Aaron Donald. But <laughs> I know that Watt was a strong contender and I know that Watt's brothers come out on social media saying that it's it's a bit wrong that he didn't win. Um, but I think Donald wins that prize all day. I know that Watt might have had better stats, but he's, he's a defensive end and Donald's a defensive tackle that, that puts these stats up. It's ridiculous. For me, Donald deserved to win the prize for the third time. Right then. Buckle yourselves up, listeners. It's going to be a long one. He's got more than 30 seconds this time. There's no time limit. However, we do try and keep the pod to a maximum of 30 minutes, Nico. So just be aware of that, please. Um, it is the Offensive Rookie of the Year Award. Some call him the next Carson Wentz. Who knows? But we're going to go to Nico to talk about his boy, Justin Herbert. He did win Rookie of the Year. But I, I'm not going to make it long and draw it out for you because I've mentioned it plenty of times on previous podcasts. He's definitely the deserving winner. Uh, Justin Jefferson of the Vikings had a great rookie year, came second or runner-up. Herbert had 41 votes to Jefferson's nine. But he was the, he the rightful winner. And I think as much as you two would like to, to give me a stick about mentioning him and his records, he has been the deserved winner this year. I mean, on statistics, you can't you can't knock him. He's had a, he's had a great season. It's going to be really interesting to see how he plays out next year. Obviously, there is um, 
a lot more pressure on his shoulders next season after that performance. Quite rightly, to be honest, he, he was, as Nico said, an exceptional performance. Most passing touchdowns by any rookie ever. I don't think Nico's ever mentioned that before, but you never know. Um, and he's got a big season ahead and a big season for the Chargers. Nico's going all out on this. I don't know whether he's going to reveal it later in the pod. Who knows? He's going for big, got big hopes for the uh, Chargers next season. Um, I think you can get them at 33 to 1 at the minute to win the Super Bowl. And no doubt Nico's lumped all his winnings from this year's Super Bowl on that. Yeah, we're already on at 40s. Oh, 40s. There we go. He's probably backed it before Herbert or maybe just got a better bookies than me. Who knows? Um, right, <laughs> moving on. On that, on that, that's another one. I did win money on Justin Herbert to be offensive rookie of the year. That was a nice 12 to 1. I mean, sometimes blind faith play pays off, listeners. Right, Cliff, over to you then. Um, for the defensive rookie of the year, we've got Chase Young of Washington, a, a team, as you know, close to my heart, a team that I developed a little bit of a, a liking for last season. Thoughts on that one? Yeah, Chase Young thoroughly deserved this award. Um, I know that we had Anton Winfield Jr. that, was a candidate as well up there, but and had a good Super Bowl, by the way. But Chase Young over the season was fantastic. Um, talking to a friend on the weekend just before the Super Bowl said, Chase Young is so good, he should have won Defensive and Offensive Rookie of the Year awards, Ooh. which I thought was funny, just um, emphasising what a good season he had. So, yeah, I thought he was fantastic this year. And sticking with Washington, talking about how good their season and actually went. I think there was um, a lot of people were surprised by the charge that they made for the um, for the playoffs um, and winning the NFC East, of course. Um, we've got the comeback of the year. So comeback player of the year for Alex Smith. Nico? Yeah, a lot of people knew that Alex Smith was going to win this award when he, he stepped back onto the field for, for the Washington football team. He suffered a compound fracture of his right tibia and fibula in 2018. And the complications from that caused infection. And I think he had sepsis and they were saying that it could have killed him. So for him to be back playing at the NFL level within like two years speaks volumes for the character he is. So I think, yeah, we all knew he was going to be a deserved winner. And I think people are kind of petitioning that he'll have the award named after him. One that I know Cliff has took a lot of, um, will take, taken a lot of pleasure thinking about today. It's the coach of the year. He has banged on about this bloke many a time throughout this season, sending us videos of him in the locker room that we weren't, to be honest, that interested in. Um, videos of him on the touchline and inspirational speeches he's done and things like that. Cliff, it came through with a record of 11-5 and five for the Browns. Kevin Stefanski, coach of the year. Yeah, as you say, I send you the videos all the time and it's just nice that he finally got some recognition because I get nothing back when I send you the videos of his speeches. Um, but in all honesty, he's done brilliant. I think there was very strong candidates out there. Um, Flores was a strong candidate. Um, Ron Riviera was a strong candidate. But I just think Stefanski deserved it, what he's done with the Browns. It's the culture change, I think, that's that surprised a lot of people. I mean, um, Chris Sims mentioned the Browns as a dumpster fire at the start of the year, hiring Kevin Stefanski. And I think he's just silenced a few critics 
and he's done it in class. That's what I like. I like the the approach that he's done it. He's, he's made it a team environment and he's made it exciting for Browns fans. So I think he deserved it and I'm over the moon that he won it. Fair enough and kind words there as well. Interesting to see again how he plays out next season. Will Stefanski um, continue his success with the Browns? Will they make another playoff run? Maybe will they even go one step further than they did this year? Um, and our final of the honours, it had to go to Nico because he probably spent a combined about 26 hours of his life retweeting the life out of um, Isaac Rochelle. Final honour then is the Walter Payton Man of the Year. And it was won Nico by who? Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks. And any thoughts on that one? Yeah, he, he won it for his dedication to supporting the Seattle Children's Hospital and work through his own Why Not You Foundation. And I mean, it's an award where it, it feels a bit harsh that they actually have to pick a winner because I guess that many people do um, such a good job. And as you just mentioned, a quick share for the AFC West fans because the top three in the Twitter voting were Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs, Isaac Rochelle of the Chargers and Justin Simmons of the Denver Broncos. So uh, that raised an, an additional $40,000 for those charities for them. Yeah, and like you said, Nico, I think they were all obviously deserving in their own way. They all um, were recognised for their charity work and things like that. And it was really great to see um, the fans getting behind those players and um, getting some more money for their charities. And obviously, Nico, you played your part in that as well. So well done to you there, mate. Um, so then, listeners, we've got um, a new relaunch of the pod next season um and in fact it's going to be bigger it's going to be better than ever um it's going to be a pretty much a brand new pod but it's just going to we've used this season as our breakthrough season a little bit like justin herbert but next year we're going for the goat next year we're going for the brady we're going for the uh the real champions of the pod we've got some new features um to look forward to where we're going to be questioning each other um every week questioning their bottle um, and it might end up with a few uh, punishments for a, a few of us who maybe might be making some bold shouts. I'm looking at you here, Nico. Um, we're going to be expanding to all of the best podcast platforms out there. So look out for our Twitter account um, to see our new logos and new graphics. Um, catch us for some awesome giveaways that we've got. And as I said, make sure that you subscribe to us on your favourite podcast channel. We're bringing in the pod so it's much more easier for you guys to access. And I think it's going global this year. I think we're really going for it. Now, before we wrap things up on our season finale, we're going to be back in a few months' time, which I'll talk about in just a moment. But before we wrap things up, the fellas loved it so much last week. I loved it myself, and I'm sure you loved it too, listeners. We've got a bit of a quick fire round for you. Just to remind you of how it works, you just answer with the first thing that comes to your head. Nick, I know you struggled with that concept last week. So we're going to we're going to switch it up this week, though. We're going to go for Cliff first, then Nico. You happy with that? You okay with that, fellas? Yeah. Super. Right, quick fire round. First one. Herbert or Brady? Brady. Herbert. Fanta or Tango? Fanta. Fanta. One day or Backstreet Boys? Backstreet Boys. One day. Goff or Wentz? Goff. Goff. Books or magazines? 
<laughs> Books. <laughs> Books. <laughs> 2020 or 2021? 2021. 2021. Chiefs or Packers? Packers. Packers. Reason I went for that last one was just because they're the top two favourites at the minute when I looked on the betting for Super Bowl next season. Cheers for that, fellas. I'm glad you enjoyed it too. Um, I couldn't resist with another one just to wrap things up for the season, guys. So... Um, as I said before, we're going to be back for some one-off specials over the coming months. So make sure you're following us on Twitter. Make sure you're looking out for what we've got to offer. We'll be delivering some draft previews, a bit of a draft um, rundown following it as well, and some predictions over the summer months and the off-season. So keep an eye out for us, um, listeners, please. Can I just say a massive thank you to everyone who's been listening to Touchdown in the UK. We really appreciate your support. We've been getting on our feet and we cannot wait to be back bigger and better than ever later in the year. Thank you very much. Stay safe, listeners. Goodbye.